0: There's no upsell, no guru
1: pitch, and no fluff. It's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. We help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. My guests, plural, for this episode are Mike and Aaron Richardson, uh, and th- we tried, we tried really hard to make this happen uh, several weeks ago, but scheduling just didn't work out. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I'm the one who canceled. I uh, accidentally double booked myself. Uh, anybody who's ever had a VIP client demand time on your calendar knows exactly how that goes. So uh, Mike and Aaron were gracious enough to, to push it into after the Innovation 22 conference in Nashville. Uh, so Mike and Aaron Richardson, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having us. We're excited to to talk to
1: you. So, where are you guys at in the the great U.S. of A.?
3: We are South Shore, Massachusetts. We're between Boston and Cape Cod.
1: Okay, cool. I didn't want to say your location because I'm like, I know they're in New England somewhere, but I will <laughs> definitely get it wrong if I try to name the state. It was like it's either Connecticut or Mass. I don't know for sure. So, uh, man, just absolutely beautiful country up there. Yeah, you guys are spoiled rotten with your lobster.
3: <laughs> we the seafood's are.
2: good. The weather's mm. kind of tough in the winter, but the seafood's good.
1: No, I'm telling you. So just to lay out the, the episode, what you guys can expect here, Mike and Aaron are going to give us their story, you know, w- where they are in the life of their agency, uh, what it's like to be a dynamic duo, uh, running an agency together, uh, some of the strengths and weaknesses and whatever stories they want to tell there. Uh, I, I bet there's a lot Uh, I have not had the privilege of working with my wife in a few years. She stopped to have kids. But yeah, husband and wife combinations can uh, be some real fireworks for sure. Uh, And then they're going to give us the privilege of revisiting a little bit of recapping of the keynote that they gave at the Innovation 22 conference uh, back in Nashville. Uh, So for starters, Mike and Aaron, why don't you just uh, I'm sure you guys have this little like tag team play off each other thing that you do when you're telling your story. So I will hand the two of you the mic collectively, and you can decide who chops it up. But what's the Mike and Aaron Richardson story like? Catch us up with the synopsis of the last few years.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll give you the, the background of kind of how it all started. I'm a fourth generation of the family agency here in, in Hanover, um, but... The generation before us, uh, my father was kind of sitting on the book, and we saw the opportunity to kind of revive the agency. And so we like to think of ourselves as a 90-year-old startup. Um, We're we're lean. We run with a lot of technology and um, love to to run it like a startup, but there's 90 years of history there.
1: 90-year-old startup. You know, that might be the title of the episode right there. Mike and Aaron Richardson and the 90-year-old startup. (laughs) Love it.
3: So I had worked on the company side. Um, So I just had my 20th year in insurance this year. Um, So before I joined Mike at the agency, I worked on the carrier side through claims, through underwriting. So had all of that background coming into the agency, which has been really beneficial um, just knowing both sides of it. But um, yeah, like Mike said, it was nothing that was, you know, an easy handoff from – uh, my father in law. It, it basically was, you know, we came in, we we got rid of all the filing cabinets, we went paperless. I mean, it was like from the literally from the ground up of, of revamping everything, turning over staff, moving towards tech, just making things easier. And mm-hmm. uh, you know,
1: I'm going to double click right. there for just a second because that is just an absolutely fascinating process when there's a literally a generational handoff. Uh, where the the powers that be voluntarily step aside and and let somebody else take the reins and move the agency forward what was that process like like the nuts and bolts relationally like balancing all of the the complexity of a family relationship with hey we're going to take this thing that's been around for you know 70 or 80 years and we're going to radically change it Uh, what was that what was that process like
2: Yeah, so I joined the agency uh, shortly after college. I had uh, been flipping houses in Boston, Uh, real estate market turned and came to help out the family agency. Um, And and here I am today. But um, my dad had just kind of been sitting on it. There was a couple of older CSRs that were basically running it. No growth. Uh, In fact, they were going the opposite way. Um, So it was just kind of there. Um, Policies would renew. I had been here for a about a couple years before I started to completely run it. Um, at that point, we started to change things, made some people uncomfortable. Um, my father wasn't willing to learn to keep up. And then when Aaron came in, that was kind of the final straw of... Uh, he, he didn't want to go at the same speed that we did.
3: So I don't know if you know this about Massachusetts specifically, but um, we didn 't always have competitive rating in Massachusetts, so it did not matter which agency or which company you were with. you had the same rate as the guy down the street. So it literally was all about relationships mm. because price didn 't matter. That all changed in two thousand and eight. We had managed competition come into the state, so at that point, you know a couple of years after this was implemented, I mean there was huge changes in our market. And kind of to Mike's point, um, you know, the agency staff and, you know, his father included in that were kind of set in their ways at that point. And so it was a big undertaking for them to, you know, make big moves on their own. Um, So it was a completely different industry. Um, So Mm -hmm. us coming in with some different knowledge was really helpful.
1: Go into that for just a second. I I have to confess a certain amount of ignorance. I have no idea what managed competition is. For those of us that aren't familiar with how Massachusetts does insurance, what is that?
3: So that just means that, you know, prior to 2008, like I said, everybody had the same rate no matter Mm -hmm. which agency or company. Kind of like work
1: comp in Florida where it's just state mandated pricing.
3: Yep. And Mm. then after that, you know, companies could start setting their own rates. Um, Mm. And so that's when we had the direct writers come in. We had the Geico's and the Progressive's and, you know, the direct companies coming in and and taking some market share because they Mm. started, you know, marketing all of their, you know, commercials and all that kind of stuff. So people started moving towards that model.
1: So you mean until 2008, there weren't TV commercials for insurance in the state of Massachusetts?
3: If there were, they were the local mutual companies.
1: Wow. What a concept, right? I feel like every third commercial now is some kind of insurance thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. So 2008 comes along. It was that around the time that you came into the picture, Aaron, at the agency?
2: That was about the time I started in the agency. And then okay. she came five or six years later. Yeah,
3: 2015.
1: Wow. So the process of leaving the stone ages of literal filing cabinets and you know bringing things up to speed... How did you guys go about doing that? Because a lot of folks are, are really interested to hear the story of what it, what does it mean to to innovate, to to bring everything up to a new standard. How did that process go for you guys?
2: Brute force. Um, it was a, a struggle to uh, to make those changes. Um, I was single, living alone at the time, so I was here late nights filing things and and doing things just to get them done. Um, mm. And as far as staff, it was, it was just a matter of here's, here's where we're going. We took small steps. We didn't throw everything at them at once. But it was mm-hmm. constant improvement every day. And, and they were expected to either keep up with that. And, and eventually, they got to the point that they, they didn't want to.
1: I, I can imagine Peggy, the gray-haired CSR <laughs> who's been there for 30 years, mm-hmm. doesn't quite like that sort of idea. Didn't love Correct. it. Yeah.
3: Correct. Correct. You know, they're wow. on the tail end of their careers too, so there mm-hmm. were some choices that had to be made. But like Mike said, it, it was baby steps, and they got to the point where they were able to decide that for themselves.
1: Now, we all know how important talent is. When you're basically turning over a new leaf, and I'm sure you guys recognize the immense need to find yourselves the next batch of team members to fuel what what has turned into pretty uh, stratospheric growth uh, how did you guys approach that in the local community, leveraging your natural network? Uh, where did you go to find the next batch of talent?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cliche at this point, but we we hire for the person and then we can teach the insurance side of it. So it was all about culture and, and finding the people that were willing to to work like we were going to work and, and keep up with the technology and be personable and uh, lean into the the customer service that we pride ourselves on.
1: So if you were going to describe the the vibe, the culture of your agency and anything that you feel like is unique or special about the way that you guys do the practice of insurance, the way that you run an agency, how would you describe your your vision, mission, values, whatever you want to use to, to give us the look and feel of your office?
3: Um, I mean, I would say jump in here. But I would say, you know, we're very, you know, customer first. Um, We like to surprise and delight. We do it, you know, to each other and and for our clients. Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, we're we're all on, I mean, in our 30s and 40s, um, most have families and it's just the idea of that kind of family culture. Uh, very relaxed in terms of time off and those types of things. We we believe in team and uh, doing things together. We don't have individual agents that are handling things and we don't actually have any outside producers. Everything's done by by inbound leads.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now we've got some, some meat to pivot to real quick. Everything's done by inbound leads. Now I, I was in the audience in Nashville. I know some of what you mean by that. Why don't you unpack that a little bit? Everything's done by phone So, what are you doing to make the phone ring to to make someone hit the website and and ask you for something? Talk to me about the the strategy there.
2: Sure. Uh, we are we're heavily involved with real estate agents and mortgage brokers, um, like a lot of personal lines agencies are. Mm-hmm. But we also um, are heavily involved in the customer experience, both for our partners and for our clients, in terms of finding opportunities, like Aaron said, to surprise and delight. Uh, We do a lot of video and stuff on social media, a lot of community events. So it's all about driving people back to our agency versus having producers go out and hunt.
0: Hmm.
1: Love that. Surprise and delight. I feel like that's a part of your brand identity. You've said that twice now. You said it from stage in in Nashville too. What does that mean to you guys, surprise and delight?
2: Do you want me to take it? Yep. All right. So – We've been doing stuff like this for a long time, but actually, uh, Will Gadara, who is famous for Eleven Madison Park, which was the number one restaurant in the world, recently wrote a book called Unreasonable Hospitality, and that's basically what we do, Um, finding opportunities to listen, uh, send out a little gift when when it fits the, the situation, right? So rather than send a welcome box to every new client, we're looking for opportunities to identify that one size fits one. Um, This is for you and only you, Um, and we can't do it for everyone, um, but it's just finding those opportunities where someone will smile or they'll laugh or they'll think of us more so than a branded Mm. t-shirt.
1: You guys have probably read the book Giftology then.
2: I have, John Rulon.
1: Yeah, now that one is classic for sure. I I read that book literally a month or two after I spent $2,000 on buying boxes of uh, yetis with my logo on them, uh-huh. and I thought We've I was—I was, it too. I was it special too. because it's a yeti, not a you know arctic camel or some other knockoff of a yeti. And nobody's really complained. It's like, oh, cool, it's a yeti. I'm like, yeah, and it has my logo on it. Fail. I'm not buying anything <laughs> else with my logo on it. Because, yeah. and you read giftology, and it's like, for God's sake, don't put your logo on it. And it's like, oh man, yeah, I literally listen, spent we... two grand.
2: We've made all those mistakes. We've, we've done all that. And we've worked through a, a bunch of things that were epic fails.
3: We oh, yeah. stopped sending our agency T-shirts when we would get the pictures of the kids in the T-shirt, like washing the car, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, she loves the t And it's like, you know, it's four sizes too big for her because she's, you know, seven. And no. we're like, oh, all right. Well, because we didn't go for the cheap T-shirt. We went for the nice T-shirt thinking, all right, somebody's going to no. They don't want it. They're not going to wear it. They're not going to walk around and advertise for you. So we're like, okay, we got to rethink this.
1: Now, one of the things that I've kind of gravitate towards just as a a little anecdote is a really nice kitchen knife, like an eight inch chef knife, like a full tang, Japanese steel, something or other. The next time I buy a gift, it's probably going to be something like that and find some sort of silly slogan to put with a card that says something like, you know, cutting off the bad experience or something. I don't, I don't know. something. Yeah. We,
2: we've done that for a couple of referral partners and put their name on the knife. Um, so go. it becomes something that, that they want to keep around. Um, and and like the same thing, we'll put a witty card with it. It just says something about cutting through the noise or helping yeah. us cut through the noise of insurance or, or those types of things. But yeah, it's, it's personalized to them and it's something that means something to them.
1: You got to have a sense of humor, right? I, I feel like so many people in our industry are just stuffy and overly serious. And I I, I can tell from the energy that you guys put off, uh, that you're definitely not like that.
3: One of my favorite quotes is don't take yourself so seriously. Nobody else does, you know, like, and you gotta, you gotta have fun and you know, enjoy what you're doing every day and we like to keep it more on the relaxed side and and everybody has their their comfort level and how they want to run things but um
2: yeah I mean we told the story from stage but uh it's just the idea of we we sent a picture out to an old uh client that Uh, loved the Red Sox and and remembered going to the Red Sox games with his dad and watching Mickey Mantle and Ted Williams play. So I found a picture and uh, sent it to him. It cost me $8 on Amazon and we sent it out to him. And he came back in the office in tears and and it meant a lot to him. And he had made a copy of it so that I could have the original because it meant so much to him. Mm. But we've done things where we sent wrestling socks out to a referral partner that really loved Ric Flair. And we've sent a board game to a family that was moving back into their home after a claim. And so just different things that are specific to an individual that makes their connection with our agency much deeper than a branded t-shirt.
1: No, I love that. You know, it's, it's the human connection, uh, the, the blend of great technology and great processes. So the work of insurance happens efficiently and you know, the client experience of the nuts and bolts of, Hey, I need a policy change. Hey, can you get me an auto ID card? I need a certificate for my general liability policy or whatever, but then the human side of it, because maybe we can talk about this for just a little bit. I'd love to get your take on it. You know, the more insure techs become a thing, the more embedded and the more the transactional, the faster, quicker, do-it-yourself stuff becomes more normalized. I feel like it is the office that is able to blend those two, the really great, fast, technology-driven experience. But blending it with a meaningful human interaction, the more human agent is going to win five years from now, eight, ten years from now. I completely uh, agree. What What do you guys think about that? Your Your perspective on blending what you've already indicated are pretty solid processes in your office with the human element.
2: Yeah, I mean it took us a long time to kind of find that mix um, where we want to be involved in in all of the transactions. We want people to call us if they have a claim. We want to to hold their hand through that process. But in order to do all of that and to do the gifting and to do the client events that we do, the insurance piece of it has to be efficient. Um, so everyone that talks to our office is talking to someone in our office. We don't have any call centers, we don't have anything like that, but we do have a couple VEs um, that handle all of the service work. So a client will call and say, I need to change my car, I would look to add this coverage, we're just creating a ticket and it's being done on the back end. So the insurance side of our work is very efficient so that we can focus heavily on, on these types of things.
1: No, you use the term VE. I find that really interesting. It's always, there's always a distinction, you know, someone who calls them VA versus VE. It kind of speaks to the philosophy of how you guys approach the various components of your team. How did you go about deciding, hey, you know what, it's time to add a remote team member. Uh, at, at what point did that happen? And how did you go about making the decision of what that would look like?
2: Yeah, we had tried it a couple of years ago with a different company than we use now. And just that same idea, trying to find that efficiency in the insurance side so that we could focus heavily on the human side. And that worked okay. We had some tech issues with them not being able to connect and uh, different situations there. So we ended up moving on from that. But we actually use um, a couple VEs through now, now, which is our agency management system. So mm-hmm. they're very familiar with that out of the gate. Um, they're very much part of our team. We talk to them every day. They're part of our team chat, which is through Teams. Uh, we video conference them. They are members of our team in a different country.
1: Love it. Teams has been, and just the Microsoft ecosystem, I feel like with OneDrive and SharePoint, has almost been a secret weapon because so many people don't realize the depth of the ecosystem that Microsoft has created. It's not just for big business and enterprise level stuff. Like we would not be able to do a lot of what we do without the, the Microsoft ecosystem. Yeah, it's they've cool. made
2: it much more accessible and we love SharePoint just in terms of being able to have that that file cabinet of all of our stuff and processes and um, so that's been great for us. It's, I'm sure we
1: could have a lengthy conversation and nerd out on some of that stuff. You know, what if you look at uh, the the ecosystem side of things on uh, your tech stack, you know, SharePoint, OneDrive, etc. What's maybe two or three things that you guys are find yourself going back to that's, you know, really useful that maybe we can share with those freedom jumpers out there in the audience.
2: Yeah, I mean the biggest thing for us, we just moved away from Active Campaign, which we love. Um, to automate 365 because it's connected directly to now certs mm-hmm. um, so the combination there has allowed us to use our texting line across the board so everyone on our team can text from the main office line which is something that we've been trying to solve for a long time
1: hmm. who's your phone provider then is it ring central light voice
2: we went from ring central to Lightspeed to be able to do that
1: okay Cool. Um,
2: and then the, the numbers ported over through Twilio if you want to really nerd out. But,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> no, ironically enough, as we record this, literally everything you're describing is something that we're either currently using or seriously contemplated using. Uh, we've been on Now CERTs uh, since the beginning of Risk Well uh, and Active Campaign as well. Like, you said that I'm like oh he knows what that is. Most insurance people don't know what Active Campaign is. Yeah, um, we really
2: like that system. It's easy to use. Uh, we just yeah. like the connectivity between Automate 365. It and
1: integrates also. with everything. Yeah. Everything. So uh, that we we did the demo with Automate 365. We got hung up on some stuff that's you know deep into the weeds that most people don't care about. I wish I didn't care about it and make it easier to make a tech stack decision. That's for sure. Um, but excited for you guys to have found something that you know, works a lot more seamlessly because, you know, that integrated agency management system and CRM that are on the same platform, that's almost like, uh, you know, a, a holy grail kind of experience, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, just like you must know in terms of pushing data back um, to act, from active campaign to now, there was things that would constantly disconnect. Yeah. And, and so this just allows notes and, and all of that stuff to be integrated into one system.
1: Hmm, Love that. So let's run through it real quick. You've got Lightspeed, you've got NowSerts, you've got uh, Automate, you've got the Microsoft ecosystem. Uh, what other tech items are really important to you guys? Any vendors you want to give a shout out to?
2: Yeah, I think most, like most personal lines agent, Canopy Connect is, is a game changer. Um, it's, it's been huge for us in terms of getting that data efficiently and, and getting the deck page versus a half a screenshot texted over.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
3: Yeah, you know, I think I hugged them at the conference. <laughs> Just saying thank you so much, you know what their what their product has done for our agency
1: it It really is incredible. The simple little tweaks here and there where you do one thing slightly differently and it just opens the floodgates of efficiency and profitability you know we had act we had uh Canopy Connect for probably six months almost two years ago, and we weren't using it correctly. We didn't know any better. Uh, we didn't deploy it the right way in our office, and we didn't really have any results from it. So uh, I, I terminated our agreement there. And I mean, it's 100 bucks a month. It's an absolute non-factor as far as your budget goes. But we met with them uh, in uh, in Nashville. and was like, can we look at this again? I feel like we're not doing this right. And Jeremy Powers uh, is a huge advocate for them, and uh, he's, he's a good friend of ours. And he basically said, yeah, you're, you're totally doing it wrong. You need to do it this way instead. And what do you know? It's a lot more effective when you use it correctly. Sure so <laughs> is. I need to get Tolga on one of these days uh, and you know, talk about Canopy for our Freedom Jumpers. We, we haven't had them on yet, but uh, uh, yeah, I'll probably yeah, just reach out and make it happen. Yeah, are super responsive to
2: things. We, we mentioned to them at the conference that there was one thing that wasn't working correctly with one of the carriers, and by the time we got back into our office, it was. So it was just...
1: Wow. Uh, yeah, because it was
3: Massachusetts specific for that company. okay. yeah,
1: yeah. So anything else on the store you guys want to get into before we talk a little bit more about your keynote in Nashville?
2: Um, no, I mean, I, I've heard you say on a, a podcast before that you don't know how you'd stand out in the personalized space. Um, I don't know how you people in the middle market do it, but for us, it it the the product isn't the issue. It's just getting people to know and like us. Um, And that's where we've been able to stand out in that space.
1: Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, a nationwide brokerage solutions. They understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions get started today learn more at nbsbrokerage.com well go into that a little bit because just for my own curiosity if nothing else man like what is it that you guys are doing other than the surprise and delight thing which i got to think is as a game changer for sure uh, but in the nuts and bolts just every day like competitive landscape i imagine it's pretty similar Uh, To where we are, where there's a lot of competition, lots of local offices, lots of larger players where you've got, you know, the hubs and the brown and browns, whatever, they have their local office. There's got to be a lot of competition. How are you guys, other than just doubling down on relationship with your channel partners, which I imagine you'll probably bring that up. um, What else is there that you guys are doing to stand out in a good way in such a crowded market?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is just relationships. Um, we do some of the old school stuff. I'm part of the Rotary. Aaron's the president of the Chamber of Commerce. But we do a lot on social media in terms of ads and ads that don't look like ads. We're not saying save 15% on your insurance. We're saying, hey, we're in your community and we care. Uh, we're doing things to, to make people smile and laugh. And We just recently did a, a 12 Days of Giving leading up to Small Business Saturday where we highlighted 12 businesses, we made a little video, ran ads behind that, and then did giveaways for 12 days. Um, Mm. So it's just those types of things where we're not doing it for insurance leads. You don't need to fill out a form to enter our contest. You just need to see us and be part of our... our
1: Building brand awareness. Yeah.
3: And the thing is, is that we have... um gotten our team buy-in too, and we're very open and candid with them about what our mission is and who our clients, our ideal clients are, right? And we're very, um, we've, we've funneled down in our office the types of insurance, the types of clients that we're going to write. And so it makes their jobs a lot easier because they're not having to change gears so frequently during the day we're doing so much personalized business that they know it like the back of their hand and they're you know we can get back to people quickly they are smart and confident in the product that they're presenting Mm -hmm. um so that's made a huge difference too we're not having them chase their tails on all sorts of different types of business and learning new things you know what i mean having to like teach themselves something new every single day
1: yeah did I hear you say that Aaron is the president of the chamber? That was that. How's yep. that? Let's let's talk about that <laughs> for a second. You just slipped it in casually. Oh no! By the way, Aaron's president of the chamber, and I was like, wait a second, that's a big deal.
3: It's been awesome. I've I've been the president just a couple of years now, um, and I've loved it. I've gotten to know a ton of businesses in town, a ton of people, um, and I mean. Really quick to touch on the 12 Days of Giving, obviously some of our members were featured in that, Um, Mm -hmm. but I heard a realtor say that he was going to do 12 Days of Christmas, and so he bought 12 items off of Amazon that he's going to give away. And I have to tell you that does not hit home the way that it does when you're supporting local small businesses in your area yeah. and the community can really get behind you because they want to support
1: those people. Oh man, The
3: items off Amazon. Are, it's a, a complete- miss,
1: dude. I'm sorry. I yeah. don't mean to call you out, unnamed realtor, but what a miss. Yeah. You were this close. All you yeah. had to do was buy 12 items from local businesses.
3: Right, right. And so then give those like away that. and
1: promote the 12 businesses as you give their items away. Right, like here's and a cookie platter from Sally Joe's Bake Shop or whatever.
3: Exactly. Right, and we're doing the, you know, we're featuring the businesses that so many people in our communities love and support themselves. Yeah. So it's just it's then now having that connection with them.
1: Hmm. So you guys aren't just crushing the small commercial game because of the chamber overlap. I feel like you've just got a brilliant back door into so many of those, you know, mom and pop small commercial accounts.
3: We've decided that's not <laughs> what we want.
1: Wow, okay, <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm not judging at all totally different strokes for different folks, like we do the moment you said President of the Chamber, for a lot
2: of those small businesses
1: and and we do write some small business
3: when it makes sense. it
2: has to be the the main street stuff where we're not where we know it,
3: yeah,
1: man, you know that's that just goes to show you there's so many different ways to have tremendous success in the industry. uh you know, you guys made a tactical decision, and it's obviously worked out really well for you, so. Kudos. That is great. Um, man, I'm just like a little bit flustered going president of the chamber and, and co-owning an insurance agency. Oh man, the opportunities. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that, that is really cool. Um, I I'm going to pivot to Nashville a little bit more cause you guys had so many hot takes and just a lot of really good stuff was shared from Nashville. Anything else other than surprise and delight uh, you want to get into from what you shared in your keynote?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the overall message for us and, and just kind of our our whole game plan is to humanize insurance and to make the insurance side of insurance efficient so that we can dive deep into relationships. And we do that with a lot of events. Um, we do a backpack drive every year that's become huge in our community uh, where everyone comes to, to donate a backpack for kids that are in need uh, before the school year starts. And I'll let Aaron talk a little bit about what we did with that with the ice cream shop this year.
3: Yeah. So this was our sixth year collecting uh, for School on Wheels in Massachusetts, which is an organization that provides tutoring and um, backpacks full of supplies for homeless children in our communities. So prior to this year, we hadn't done a formal in-person event. It was just um, people either dropping them off at our office, having Amazon deliver them to us, or you know Venmoing money for us to buy for them. Um, we kept all of those options open, but we said this year, all right, you know, we're gonna have one collection night at the local ice cream shop. Um, and it was a huge success. People brought their kids, donated their backpacks. I mean, we collected over two hundred backpacks the night of the ice cream event. So wow. it was hugely successful. Yeah.
1: Two hundred backpacks. That is and each one of them is just loaded with school supplies and you know, yeah. pen and paper and notebooks and, and and all that stuff.
3: Yeah, and it's grade but- specific. So it's everything from kindergarten up to grade twelve. So it's specific to the grade that the child is in. So they'll get wow. exactly what they need.
1: Love that. What What else is going on locally? Uh, you guys, you guys are just feels. I feel like you got your hands in everything in your local community.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, you touched on channel partners, and so some of these events we do that are client facing, and some we do to uh, to drive deeper relationships with our partners. Um, this past year, we did a bowling tournament uh, where we brought in a bunch of our partners and, and a couple other small business owners that have um, that are well known in the area, um, and kind of made a competition of it and, and got some trash talk going and uh, raised some money for charity there too. So, uh, hmm. Aaron, do you want to just talk about how we structured that?
3: Yeah. So the bowling alley had um, had ten lanes of um, big ball big ball lanes, I guess you call it, right? <laughs> ten pin. Ten pin. Sure. And so we filled each lane with a different business who then, um, had a team of six bowling. Um, it was $200 per business to take part in it. That included your shoes, your, um, pizza and, you know, a drink a free drink we offered everybody. Um, but it got your whole team in and then everybody was bowling to win a thousand dollar prize, which they would then donate to a charity of their choice. So every team chose beforehand who they were gonna bowl for. And then at the end, um we had a trophy and and the winners got the check to then, you know, support the one that is meaningful to them.
1: Hmm. No, that's that's fantastic. I, I'm, I'm just Wheels are turning, thinking of all the things that I'm not doing currently that I, I probably should be along those lines. I've been very active in the chamber here in McKinney for gosh, six years now. Uh, have some I can't quite announce them because they're not totally finalized. Um, but we're launching a McKinney only podcast uh, that's going to spotlight the best and brightest uh, of our city. And the only requirement is you have to have a McKinney address, uh, which is. A little bit difficult because we're crammed in the middle of suburbia on the north side of Dallas and you know I can drive 15 minutes from here and be in Allen or Plano or Frisco or five other cities so requiring that you have a McKinney address is gonna ruffle some feathers but the folks that are in McKinney are like you don't have a McKinney address, sorry Mr. Jerry Jones owner of the Dallas Cowboys, but your Frisco address isn't welcome here. So, I love the bowling thing. That is on the one hand it's it's so kitschy and and old school, but it works. Yeah. And the smack talk thing is a perfect example. Like when the when these businesses get into it, they're not even thinking about insurance. They're having a good time and raising money for charity. And oh, by the way, you probably got some good business out of it secondarily.
2: Yeah, I mean, we just try to do things to, to stand out and be different. So if everyone's doing a happy hour, we're going the other way. We're trying to find something different to do that that these people want to get out and do.
1: Zig when they zag, right? Exactly. Awesome. Anything else from Nashville or can we pivot to uh, the, the current events?
2: Um, I. I I guess we can touch briefly just on some of the things that we do for our clients on a systemized basis, um, okay. so where it's kind of specific to that person, but we can do, do it repeatedly. New driver gets their license. We'll send out a little coffee gift card that says, hey, congratulations on your license. Here's an excuse to drive from your insurance agent. Just those types of things that... Um, are specific to that emotional time in their life. They're excited. that, And it's just something that that hits home for the parents as well. So um, those types of things. Uh, we talked at Nashville just how we do like a coffee gift card or insomnia cookies for somebody that just had a baby. Uh, it's a time when you're not sleeping and um, just kind of playing off those types of moments that most people have to tell us about. And if you have a baby, you're putting it on social media and we're finding it. So.
1: Mm. No, I love it. You're playing the long game, winning the 16 year old, making sure that your their parents, you know, that you are, have for a client, the next generation is uh, is tied to your agency as well. Yeah, no, I it's... mean the
2: parents love it, and, and the kids are always uh, appreciative of it. So, um, just those types of things where we can find those opportunities to to cash in on on some of those moments that that mean a lot to them, where we can kind of play off data they have to give us anyway. Um, like I said, new driver. Um, new home, will send out packing um,
3: Stickers. labels
2: yeah. that just say hmm. congratulations on the new home. And because we know 30 days ahead of time when we're writing up that policy, when they need that binder. Um, so we've got some time to to kind of play into that that special moment in their life.
1: So just from a logistics perspective and you know, labor and whatnot, I imagine you guys have mentioned five or six different things that you're doing that are pretty unique to the individual client is there somebody on your team who's responsible for driving those processes like an individual or is that just a collaborative team effort
2: we hired a girl uh, that was supposed to be our client experience specialist uh, she's turned into so much more than that for us but she still does those uh if uh, sympathy card if somebody passes away, or um, those new driver gift cards, those types of things. But everyone on our team has the autonomy to identify those one-off situations um, where they're having a conversation with someone and they can find a a way to make them smile. Maybe it's flowers, or maybe it's a a gift card to try out the new sandwich shop in town. But um, so it's a a combination. Uh, As far as the systematized things, it's one person. But as far as Everyone having the autonomy to to find those opportunities. Everyone has the ability to to spend company money to be able to do that.
1: Love it. So they all have authorization to find the opportunities, and they funnel them to this person who then executes on the program that you guys have been describing here on this episode.
2: Yeah, for the most part. Uh, sometimes they'll do it themselves if they find the opportunity, um, but the a bulk of it goes through through one person.
1: I love that. So. I'm going to pivot real quick uh, and talk about maybe something that's a little bit more challenging or stressful. You guys have so much that is going right. It's, it just Honestly, it's inspiring. It's a really impressive operation in a lot of ways. Um, I'd like to talk about some of the challenges, uh, some of the things that you guys are, are struggling with this year, maybe this quarter. Uh, identify uh, something that you guys have been working on and what you're doing to get over the hurdle and, and keep moving forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, for, for us uh, in, in the EOS world, I'm very much the visionary and Erin's and the, the integrator. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll come up with ideas and and she'll execute them or tell me why they won't work. Um, so there's been a, a bunch of things that we've thought of or, or tried to do that just didn't pan out. Um, but in terms of struggles, I mean, we're tied heavily to the real estate market. So it's, it's tough right now. Uh, there's not as many of those referrals coming in. So we're trying to pivot and, and find different ways to... Uh, to engage the community, to engage our client base, to to get referrals and and get people to talk about us that way.
1: Aaron, what's your take on this? The same question.
3: Yeah, I mean, Mike doesn't love it, but I am I am the uh, the brake to his gas pedal. Sometimes, you know, um, he yep. is he, full of ideas. Um, so there's some of that where it's kind of like you know sometimes it's the shiny object syndrome a little bit. You know, we're kind of doing a lot of things um, at once, but, you know, we've built our plan. So it's kind of like, all right, well, do we want to stay on track for this plan of this thing we really want? Or are we going to pivot over here? So there's those kinds of conversations, which you would have with any business partner, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I think in the beginning, when we first started working together, I had this idea that when we left the office, we weren't going to be bringing it home with us. (laughs) Right?
1: I was. How'd that work out?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, in the beginning, I was like, but then coming I... Coming from the corporate coming world. Coming from though. the corporate world where I could punch out at, you know, four thirty, five o'clock and be like, okay, I'll see you Monday morning and I don't have to think about it again. But I quickly realized that that's not realistic. Um, and we just don't have enough time during the day to talk about all the things that we need to talk about, right? Because we're busy at work. So um, yeah. it very much has flooded over into home, but that is okay. This is this is our baby and that is okay. Um, but in the beginning it was kind of like it was a lot. Um and I'm sure if you said you worked with your wife and you probably experienced some of that.
1: Yeah. Allison and I worked together for a year and a half before she stepped away to be a full-time mom. Um, she's still in that. And our daughter, we had our son in 20 March of 2017. And uh, our daughter in um, August of 19. So she's a little more than three right now. When she goes back, not not goes back, when she goes to kindergarten, um, two two years from, we're going to hold her back, so it's two and a half years from now, uh, Allison will probably step back into the agency in some sort of regular role. Uh, So we'll see what the, you know, version two of the working with your spouse is like. Yeah. I loved it last time. It, it was a lot of fun, much like you guys are. She's definitely the yen to my yang. Uh, she is, could not be more different personality wise. She's absolutely the break to my gas, no doubt about that. <laughs> it, and it, it's so funny to hear the way you guys pivot off of each other because I'm reminded of how Allison and I do things. It, it, it feels very similar. But what a privilege to get to do this together. That's something that both of you care about deeply, and you get to have all these shared experiences. That's really cool.
3: Yeah, it is really cool. Um, You know, we have been asked the question a lot by other husband and wife teams, or even other you know agents that were considering bringing their spouse on. Um, And the biggest thing that we say is just you know establishing that separation of who's handling what and not overstepping you know on e- you know each other and what what the other is working on and kind of having that clear definitive line and that has really helped us a lot
1: yeah the last thing you want is a turf war yeah yeah mike's mike's shaking his head yeah that's i mean the, we, that's we, we've the gone through this we've, good we've gone
2: through the battles and, and we've kind of found what works for us uh erin very much runs the office and the team and i run the business side of things um and we both kind of work together on the marketing side of things. So, uh, it's, it's allowed us to kind of have that creative time to kind of think of some fun ideas, but also mm. in the, the course of the work day, she has her tasks and I have mine.
1: Mm. Anything else you want to share on the, on the challenges side of things like just, uh, you know, opportunities for growth that you've identified this year, or maybe even as we're planning, you know, strategic, uh, planning and budgeting and whatnot for, for 23, uh, anything you guys have identified?
2: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to go heavily um, into more social media ads or so identifying where some of that money can come from in terms of budgeting and stuff leading into the new year. Um, you get it from a tech stack standpoint of uh, finding out what's what's working, what's not working, um, oh, yeah. and where we can uh, fine tune that a little bit. Um, so it's a, it's a constant process. We're trying to find more ways to sell products to the clients we already have. Uh, we haven't done enough with life insurance. Uh, so we're building out some automation and stuff there just to identify the people that have younger kids and, and are the target market for that. Um, so just finding all of those opportunities to to better the agency every day. Um, and, and for us, that means diving deeper rather than than wider.
3: Yeah, and so, and listening to our team too, we've had a lot of changes as far as tech goes and different systems and and constantly, you know, upgrading, um, and getting better, trying to make their job easier at the end of the day. And that's just what we try to stress to them. We understand there's a lot of changes. This is all for the, you know, the big picture view of making your life easier, making your job easier for you. Um, so it's really just you know listening to the team. And then for me, it's really going to be about um, focusing in on them and figuring out different ways to motivate them is the biggest goal for me, to keep them engaged, to motivate them.
1: I love that. Now, as we get ready to to land the plane here, uh, I'm going to ask a kind of a, a retrospective sort of question. As you look back in the last few years, uh, what sort of advice would you give your past self uh, for someone, you know, Freedom Jumper out there in our audience who is listening to your story and just really aligns with what you guys are talking about? What kind of advice would you give yourself from two or three years ago of, hey, you know, when this happens, here's how you need to approach it. Yeah, And I yes, mean, I'm I, aware that within the last two or three years, the whole COVID thing happened. So uh, feel free to <laughs> there go was there There were some if challenges there, for sure. Yeah, just but, a smidge, right?
2: Um, I mean, for us, if, if I was looking at our agency three or four years ago, I wish we just identified our target clients sooner. I wish we knew what we wanted to go after rather than trying to be everything to everyone. Um, everyone says that. It's so much easier to say than it is to do, especially when you're starting out because uh, you need that money coming in. But we, the way that we approach new business now is the people we want to work with. Um, the Seth Godin quote, work that matters for people that care. Um, so it's it's the person that wants to have some coverage. Um, they're not looking for the cheapest policy, but they also want to engage with us. They want to be part of our community events and and stick around and, and tell their friends about us. So. Just identifying the people that we want to do business with and and that are the perfect client for us would have been very helpful three or four years ago.
1: Man, you get bonus points for quoting Seth Godin. That's always a winner in my book. (laughs) Aaron, what about you?
3: Um, I would would say to be patient. That even baby steps are steps towards um, improvement. Um, There was, in the beginning, a lot we had to do. And even going to our first innovation conference... You know, that overwhelm of like, oh, my goodness, all of these things that we need to implement and hurry and, and now, you know, looking back and, and seeing, you know, everything will get done, everything did get done um, and being in a completely different place now, I would just say, you know, don't get overwhelmed and, and just be patient and, and take those small steps towards what you want to achieve.
1: That is really solid advice. Uh, for me and everybody else out there. you know, As as we get ready to land the plane here, did we miss anything? Was there any points that you guys wanted to bring up? Uh, uh, anything you wanted to share before we go?
2: I, I don't have anything. I mean, the, the overall thing for us is, is just humanizing insurance. And I think we kind of jumped all over the place from how we do that, uh, both from a referral partner standpoint, to a team standpoint, to a client standpoint. Um, it, yeah. it all matters.
1: I have really bad ADHD. So it's more, more than likely my fault that we were jumping as much as we were.
2: No, I, I think it worked.
3: I appreciate it. Thank you for having us on.
1: Yeah, this was great. Anybody wants to to pick your brain about anything that you said that really sparked something with them, what's your preferred way to communicate with folks?
2: We're all over Facebook and Instagram and, and email works as well. I'm Mike at InsureWithRichardson.com and she's Erin at InsureWithRichardson.com.
1: Easy enough. You mm-hmm. just may get some folks reaching out. Uh, this is really been an enjoyable episode here. Uh, I I didn't have the privilege of ever being face-to-face with you guys uh, until Nashville, and I'm looking forward to the next time for sure. So uh, Mike and Aaron Richardson uh, from the great state of Massachusetts, thanks so much for being here with us today. And boys and girls, that is it for another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We'll talk to you again
0: real soon. thanks for listening to the agency freedom podcast please subscribe to afp on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us if you like what you hear please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best most importantly please share afp with someone you know who is still in captivity they'll thank you later Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go.